Well, hello. Welcome back again, Tales from the Secret Cabin. My name is Phil, and uh, yeah, just glad that you're joining us for another uh, podcast. So, uh, who, who's here today? Well, I'm Stetson. Uh, I'm back for my second time around. Woo-hoo. I'm excited to be here again. Uh, I'm one of the next-gen pastors at Christ Community and a friend of everyone in this room. Awesome. So why'd you come back? We told you because nothing Because I'm about a today. friend of everyone in this yes. room. Yes. <laughs> no, it was super fun, and I, I just had a great time. And uh, yeah, I wanted to come back. And, and for the people who haven't ever seen you, how old are you? Uh, 32. Yeah, and I'm bringing that up because I had several comments of people who said, he seems so old and wise. <laughs> and, and I said, how old do you think that he is? And someone said 65. What? That, that's yeah. sweet. And so that's so like, great. great. Yeah. That's how my soul feels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I am KJ, and I um, am the 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 guy with the speech impediment who could not get that out. Um, so I was gonna say today I, I I baked chocolate chip cookies, and so I was gonna say I was the baker of chocolate chip cookies and the pourer of coffee and tea. Um, and it is so good to have this podcast happening in the secret cabin today i'm just so thrilled so <laughs> sorry all i could the be, baker the baker and the candlestick <laughs> the baker and the candlestick maker and i also pour candles so let's just put that out there uh i'm jenny and i'm back again i don't know how many this is now but every time has been so fun and uh i think i i'm finding my place here as kind of this like the female with the questions and and I'm that's I'm not shameful about that at all. Like I'm totally owning that, and I love it. <laughs> Would it step on your toes if I was the male with the questions? Do it, Is sure. Okay? Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, so how how have we been? Like, it's kind of weird because I was thinking we all work together, which mm-hmm. is fun, but we don't hang out together, and then we come do this, and it's like. I just want to know how you're doing. We just don't hang out with you, Phil. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that's actually fair. I, yeah. I, uh, We're here every night. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, then indulge me. <laughs> you just bring Since microphones on Thursday. <laughs> just how you been? What's what's going on? Yeah, Christmas came and went, and it was really good time with family. Um, but it was also just that dynamic of like, okay, that was an investment but it was worth it like we spent a big week with family and then a big week with nobody just recovering from the week before and it's nice to be back and like starting to get into like a rhythm of things i'm doing great um i personally am doing great um it's this season that i feel like i don't do anything uh by anything it's like anything extra um it's cold out so i don't have to take care of beehives all the hunting seasons are over so i'm not doing that and so i find myself just at home and i think a lot um that feels good um culturally um things i've been thinking about is um it seems that the season of shock is over and i'm seeing uh that people are experiencing hurt and pain and uh, the after effect of the season that has 
been. And so I've just been, been experiencing a bunch of like hurting people. And, um, so, so I've been trying to sit in that and be honest about that, I guess. Yeah. I'm better than I was last week. That, that might be where the question actually originated from. <laughs> um, Thank yeah. God. No, it's it's been uh, eight days of a lot of like um, looking with within myself, and I think that that's been really good. Kind of discovering what self care looks like for me, not what we are told self-care is <laughs> I think that that's an easy rut to fall into um and kind of yeah just creating margin in a life with you know having kids at home doing homeschool and working from home but um not not to add that as an excuse not to do stuff but just what what does that really look like and how do I do it and be intentional about doing it but okay so and how I mean, is that something well, that learning. you've kind yeah. of like... No, I haven't figured it out. I'm trying everything. <laughs> okay, tell us some of the things that have been tried and like totally failed. Failed? Yeah, I want to hear some of those. Okay. Um, reading. It is hard to read. <laughs> yes. Reading uh, for... <laughs> and I don't know if it's because of my Enneagram. I'm a seven. Uh-huh. And so it's really difficult for me to sit down intentionally read and and gain a lot from it because i'm i'm always wanting to kind of move on to the next thing um like i'll have you know five books going at one time and never remember what came from which book and so and i was i was talking with a friend the other day and she said you need to stop making reading an event (laughs) like you have Mm. to be in a certain chair the kids have to be quiet you know like she's like She's talked about ebooks. She's like, read in the car when you're in pickup line, you know, like do that kind of thing. So that was really helpful. And I keep joking, like, don't make it an event because then I put too much pressure on the moment. And so that that's been helpful. But I would I have not been successful. <laughs> when, when, you, when you were talking about like what self what we're told self-care mm-hmm. should be, is, is it that idea that self-care has to be productive somehow? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because that's not how I self-care. Yeah. I, I do lazy, lazy <laughs> things. As in? Oh, okay. Give us some examples. So, <laughs> like, uh, I don't just, like, binge anything on Netflix. And I, I wouldn't even say binge is the right word, but I get invested into shows. And lately, I've been watching this uh, cartoon series that was really, really popular for people in their childhood if they're in their, like, early 20s mm-hmm. right now. It's called Avatar The Last Airbender. It is so good. It's I've really, really good. Yeah. yeah, I just finished the first season last night. And and like normally I wouldn't have watched it, but like people our age, like I've been like seeing posts on like mm. online of like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And we had a friend over for dinner and he's like, have, have you watched this? I was like, no. So yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. I love that. And that is self-care. Like that's. Yeah. Like that's watching Nickelodeon mm-hmm. when you're 32. Yes. It's totally okay. It's <laughs> acceptable. Care. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get, I mean, it's, it's told to us the narrative of self-care, you know, is exercise, mm-hmm. eat right, take time for yourself, you know, but again, that is all something you have to do in yep. order to check off the box that I have taken care of myself today. And so, yeah, I think it's just, I'm really navigating like, what does that look like? What is it that I want to do to care for myself? 
because I'm, I'm not a hobby person. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even have, you know, that, that one thing that I do for me, you know, and I never have, it's not because I'm, you know, now a wife and mother or whatever. I've never really been just that personality. So it's, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, so I heard from this podcast, the guy was talking about how to have better habits of, you know, how to fall asleep better and stay asleep. And he said something that he did was he played Tetris before going to bed for a half an hour. And so I thought, yes. And so <laughs> I, I bought this gaming system that could play Tetris and I'm 40 and before bed, I pull it out and I play Tetris for a half an hour, so good. but it turns into an hour, hour and a half. But he's like, it's very competitive. And then I conk out hard. Sweet. It is insane. Yeah. And it's kind of like that self care to me. Like mm-hmm. I play Tetris yeah. um, compared to being like super serious about everything. Yeah. And that's who I am. I get super serious about stuff. And so <laughs> it feels good to kind of counterbalance and saying I am playing video games mm-hmm. to help me sleep. So good. Yeah. Nice. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a good couple weeks since we've talked. Um, this is uh, what I call the birthday gauntlet with the grizzles. So uh, my kids all have birthdays relatively close together, including my daughter. So this week, um, you know, my oldest turned 17, and then the next day, the next daughter turned 14. So we're always celebrating two birthdays back-to-back, and then I've got some sons that have birthdays here coming up. So we're just partying. That's basically all we're doing (laughs) all the time. It's never ends, which is you know kind of how I like to live. So it's a good time. All right. So as far as birthday parties go, so are there things that happen? Um, I mean, like... Sometimes, so if I throw a birthday party, I get super anxious. I feel like I have to do it perfect to celebrate someone uh, like to the fullest. And this idea of a birthday gauntlet, I just, <laughs> man, I'm it's not, intense. yeah, it's like, so how do it's you also feel? It's the, the crucible. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, tell me how Christmas too. So you've yeah. got the Christmas thing and then it just rolls right into, you know, uh, well, if it didn't happen Christmas, then it's going to happen mm. in the birthday gauntlet. But yeah, no, it's 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 intense. I mean, my wife and I, you know, we had this moment. We had, you know, even a couple of nights ago, we're like, you can have a deep breath, like, okay, we we're can halfway do this. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I don't know. I think the fun thing for us and kind of the, the crazy thing for us is, you know, as we get busy in life, um, I think I'll start making decisions on things and then, you know, my wife will make decisions on things. And so we put them together in a birthday, but we both kind of feel those pressures different ways. And so, you know, I hope our kids feel celebrated because we're, we're definitely trying our best and it's not very coordinated in our effort. Yeah. <laughs> so it tends to double up, but, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I, I like it. I, I like those moments. I tend to, uh, think about things that way where if I can put a, a special experience on something, then it gives me the, uh, the permission to do that. And then, you know, there's probably other times we don't. Maybe we don't do it enough, but we tend to kind of ramp up to those things as well. And so it's kind of a fun moment for us. And they've come to build their, their lives around it. But I do have to say, I love um, my kids getting older. And the birthday gauntlet is getting more and more fun. Uh, so, you know, just in terms of the things that we do and the experiences that we have. So that's good. Not that I didn't appreciate the smaller kid birthday parties, but, you know, you know. Yeah. Now it's a gift to yourself. Now, well. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, my 12-year-old son's birthday is going to be a lot of fun for me. So that's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Because my kids are two and four. <laughs> they yeah. just turned in December. I don't understand 
the purpose of making the focus of kids that age birthday parties about the kid because they're not going to remember. And we just invite like our friends anyway, but like the whole theme and the cake, like, I don't know. I feel like they'd be happy with anything. I think, I think it's for the mom. There's something, yeah. Like there's something about creating an experience for your little child, you know, that, I don't know, maybe it's projection or whatever, but it's, it's this, it's creating something special for them because you know, they like it or like, that's how I am. I know with, you know, we haven't done themes in a while and everything, but it, you know, if it's Mickey mouse, we know how much she loves Mickey and Minnie mouse. And so I want to bring in everything of that theme Mm -hmm. because it makes her so happy, you know? Yeah. It's maybe mom or dad, but but here's why I want to have our friends over for our kids' birthdays. Because for me, and in this conversation, it's just coming out that I'm probably just like a selfish dad here. And, you and really this are. just like adds on to it. <laughs> really? But are. like, I want my friends over to celebrate the fact that my wife and I made it through two years yeah. of parenting <laughs> with this child. Cheers to it's that. like they're still alive after the countless ways they've tried to like kill themselves accidentally. Like, I would We're come to here. that birthday party, yeah. especially if the things that got talked about and celebrated yeah, had right. been all the failures exactly. that had happened. Right. And and the party celebrates this idea of, I made it. Yeah. It's like this big epiphany <laughs> moment of, wow, yeah. after all of this, here we are. Exactly. Maybe that is now the underlying theme of all the birthday parties. <laughs> we just code it with Mickey Mouse. But... <laughs> Right. We celebrate you uh, at your kids' that's right. birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is you'll be able to do that till about eight years old. Oh, for and, sure. And then, then they get pretty um, vocal about yep. that party needs to be fun. I'm them. all for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. Last time we talked through some things. Um, I don't know where you found your mind going in that conversation. Um, I loved the the idea of... Uh, chasing after God. I, I think we talked about that, this idea that the star is moving. And so it, it spurred a question I want to throw out there that's somewhat relative to this. Um, but it found, I found myself asking the question, just what am I curious about? So I wanted to throw that out to us as a point of, of launch. What, what do you find yourself being curious about in life or faith or God, whatever? In this idea of chasing after... who have b- birthday parties yes. for their two-year-old children. I don't think you're that curious, KJ. No, <laughs> <laughs> but for me at least again the concept of curiosity was tied to chasing after god that's mm. that's what i found like oh man where am i curious where am i and that helped me understand this way to find a path for chasing after god it's, it's in the curiosities that i have that's really good um i think there are different components of curiosity um different things that i i, I think about and it's it's uh, I, I would say, should I think practically? Should I think poetically as far as the things I'm curious about? The first thing that comes up is this. I'm curious about why I feel as if I should have to capture God and then explain everything about him. Um, There's a driving desire to be the expert on all things God. And um, although there has has not ever been a human being on the face of the earth who has 
ever been able to even come close about the tiniest part of God. Um, I feel as if um, I have to understand all of God to then, I don't know, like just be content. Hmm. That's something I'm curious about. <laughs> Mine may not be honestly faith related. Doesn't have to okay. be. Okay. Um, I am always very curious about how people work and how like there's their psychology and how they react. And I love learning whether I like them or don't um, or get along with them or don't, I guess I would say, but um, how they respond in different situations and learning how to be able to communicate with them in a way that works for them, not, not for me. And I find I'm always curious about that in any sort of like, how do, you, how do you explore that curiosity? In my job. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, what, where do you, if you were to look back on things that you've done, you're like, oh, wow, I did that because I was just curious rather than so I can get a productive result or something like that. Um, I don't know. I would say this has been a curiosity of mine for probably close to five years, I would say, um, since kind of stepping into a role um, of being around more people and having to make decisions with more people. I think that I've, and maybe, maybe it's more of a curiosity of myself too, of how I go about navigating how I'll communicate differently with each person in each relationship. So, and not in a manipulative way, but in more of a awareness of how I act towards them, how I phrase a question even, um, so maybe it is manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm, I'm maybe curious that's how that to manipulate yeah. people better. How do I get what I yeah. want? What is the most I'm effective curious, way? Curious, could I play on the game of Survivor and win? Because I do it at my job on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm a winner. Yeah, I might have just ratted something out I didn't need to do, but <laughs> but that is a curiosity in me. Any kind of social experiment, I'm all about. Good. Stetson, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sum up a whole bunch of different things into one concise package. Uh, I think the things that I'm curious about have a common theme, and it's that just the pushback from the mindset of like, okay, Jesus came, and then he ascended into heaven, and we have like the book of Acts that like describes just kind of like how the first followers of Jesus conducted themselves and the things that they were learning and the ways that they were growing as God's people it, and just kind of internally pushing back about like, okay, there, what's the next step of growth in God's people? Or is it just mastering the things that they were growing in and like becoming masters of that? Or are we as God's people like gradually progressing more and more and more into something closer to who Jesus was and just sensing this shift in the church in this really exciting way, like the dam is about to burst open 
And for me personally, I, I think it gets into is like, okay, I grew up with all these perspectives and these understandings and these really simple ways of describing very complicated things. But is that simplistic perspective, has that caused me to miss the deeper picture behind those things? Mm. And I know that's kind of vague and it feels vague in my head. Mm. I don't think I can get more specific than that. No, but. that's great. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, maybe the question ties into somewhere of my thoughts on my kids going through their birthdays or whatever, but there's just this, this journey of curiosity. I think you see in kids or you see as they get older and the kinds of questions they ask. And it's, there's just an interesting, at least within my own self, there's an interesting distinction I can make about something I'm genuinely curious about. There's an energy and excitement. There's a passion. There's, there's a freedom with exploring things that way. And so I attached this concept of chasing after God and, and like, oh, that feels like this game of hide and seek. I think KJ, you yeah. threw that out there. Like, I'm curious where he's going to go next. I'm curious about this thing. Um, and there's just a, there's a whimsical quality to that that I really like. Um, so yeah, there, there's no right or wrong answer. There's mm-hmm. no this is spiritual question versus not a. I mean, there's a right. there's just it's to be curious is to be human, and mm-hmm. so it's these things that um, are instilled within us. Um, so yeah, appreciate you sharing that. Good. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Just around the table. What's the last, one of the last questions your kids have asked you? I would love to hear, honestly, from all of you. <laughs> That's and No, I'm trying to think. I know they're young. <laughs> I, I think the kids' ages that I have, they don't ask me questions. They tell me things. <laughs> because like what they, think they know everything. <laughs> and uh, so if there are questions it hinges around things they're confused about. Mm-hmm. And it typically typically is something about a person who is perceived as a good person and then a bad thing that they do and them trying to understand how that person did this and then how people see that as good simply because it was a good person doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has happened a couple of times in the past you know, yeah. I remember Tony telling me uh, a couple years ago, uh, and he he said, um, "There comes a time when your kid stops asking you questions and starts saying, well, I think this,' you know." And he's like, "You'll know it. You'll know like the day it happens. <laughs> You'll be all wait, what? You know, <laughs> the shift the shift happens." Yeah. And so that's interesting that you said that. The last question I remember my four year old asking me that stuck out to me was he asked me where ghosts live mm. and i was like well that's a good question that is a good not in our house <laughs> <laughs> since that's what you're really asking <laughs> he said but where do they live and i was like well they're not real he's like but where do they live i was like well in books and stories mm. And, and that wasn't quite good enough. And eventually I had to get, it's like, uh, I told him haunted houses, like really old haunted mm. houses. And he's, is this an old haunted house? He's like, no, there's no, go to sleep. Like It's a craftsman, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. And Phil, I mean, you have, you have a 17 and a 7, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seventeen through the All range the of the yeah. Their questions are, "Why won't you leave me alone, <laughs> Dad?" Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm working through a litany of questions in my mind just in the last two days to see um, what what would be the the best one there. I mean, I I do love the concept though of um, 
the questions that my soon to be eight year old asked um, <laughs> relative to the questions his older siblings ask. Uh, but you know, he was reading the, uh, what was this, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid book yesterday. And you know, he's just like, what is technology? You know, because there was something about the teacher said that technology is bad. If too much technology is bad, and you know, we're constantly on the screen time question. And I was like, well, it's like screen time, <laughs> you know, but just, I mean, he's just so curious, like uh-huh. everything, if he just doesn't understand a word, doesn't understand a concept, nothing is off the table. And, and honestly, I would say that's a picture of curiosity that I would long for. Like, you know, even just thinking about life and how, you know, maybe KJ, you were alluding to this, there's this tendency to sort of codify everything and then say, I, I can stop being curious about that. Yeah. And now I'm oh. going to go maybe explore something else so I can get it wrestled to the ground and stop being curious. And I just wonder, man, what have I missed? What have, what have we missed? What are we missing in life and in church life and in family life and whatever? Because we've stopped being curious and we've, we've just said we understand it and we're moving on to something else. But um, man, he's, he's living a curious life. So it's really fun to see, um, to see him do that. Yeah, I, I need some help here. Um, and I, I think on this theme of, of being curious um, and and possibly also it's this season of epiphany right now. And I had this experience the other day um, that I haven't really talked about. Um, I have a f- friend who seven days ago uh, found out that she had cancer and um that she was terminal she found that out seven days ago and just the other day i got the opportunity to go to her house and see her and she was dying um it was was like that fast and and i i sat by her bed and i held her hand and um because of the job i have that isn't like something uh that's out of the the ordinary but i found myself there in her house there by her bed holding her hand thinking i am experiencing a holy moment right now right and um i in that time did not experience sorrow i did not um experience that like false joy or even feel like i had to encourage her to like it was more of this um i don't even know how to describe it uh, other than you are proving the gospel to be true exactly um yes this posture that you have and the the eye contact um that the both of us are having you are proving everything that i have fought for to be true thank you yep and um i i was i mean i i would do anything to follow her Mm -hmm. that's how i felt like how do i hold on to the coattails and i don't know like go to the places you go and see the things you see and I don't know. Absolutely. I got in the car and she ended it by just saying, I just had to see you a final time. Mm. And she and I hugged and I got in the car and I exhaled and I thought that was my favorite moment of being a human being. (laughs) And I sat there and I just thought that I sat in it. Why? And I can't pinpoint it, but I don't understand 
how how I would circle that experience and say that is the moment I cherish most. Can someone help me? I, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly how I was feeling about that same person. Um, I didn't get the chance to to hang out with her, um, but thinking about the opportunity of that, if if it became possible, all I could think of is questions I wanted to ask. Like it wasn't like anything I wanted to say. Cause, and I think a lot of this has to do with the person that we're talking about yep. and the perspective that they have. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I really think a big piece of that is the fact that she was an artist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think artists see the beauty of things concealed in the physical context that we're in right now, mm-hmm. where it's more of like, she's been trying to portray these things and now she's, like, as we speak, she's in it. And just as you said, if only I could just follow the coattails of this person. Yeah. So I don't, I don't yeah. have any answers for you, but at least I can say it's like, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I felt like I, I got to experience something I haven't ever experienced before. Like, something, like, shimmered. And it was like, oh, I just, I, how do I touch this? How do I... Um, I don't know. I I have a desire to experience that more. Um, and I can't even put my finger on it, but I'm hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking again, that idea of beauty and, you know, what is true. And I don't know, KJ, I wonder if, if there's, there is something even within your own self, like how you've been created where there's something beauty and, and there's, it's beautiful, it's true, it's real, it's authentic. And the more that that is experienced, the, the more that the gospel comes alive. I don't know mm. if that's part of it. Um, but obviously the being faced with that kind of moment, um, whatever is not true and not beautiful and not real, you just don't have capacity for or time for, right? right. So it distills yeah. everything down because you've got this one moment. And yeah, that's really good. Yeah, like I was I was thinking, you know, like if, if there is like this heartbeat I hope to have before I die or like this, um, I, I, you know, like how do I hope to go out it was cool. Like I, I was just like, you did it. I mm-hmm. mean, like for, for her, I, yeah. I told her you did such a darn good job. Yeah. And, um, I think, um, there's something about, uh, the human experience for people who embrace the gospel that you can't be average. Um, it, it just can't be like, Oh, I had a good experience or, I enjoyed the time I had here on earth Um, that there has to be something like, like beyond human about the experiences that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm processing this through and I think she's the first person that I got to experience. Like Mm -hmm. I saw it and it's like, it exists and I'm so proud of her. And I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm just inspired. It makes me think about one of the last scenes in the last book in the Chronicles of Narnia, where uh, 
Sorry if this is ruining anything for everyone, but it's not. Yeah, it's really man. old. Yeah, and all of <laughs> like us had our parents say it to us, like well, growing up. Yeah, that's over fine. Over and over again. Okay, well maybe this is for like two or three people who are listening Please, to this. That's Grandpa, fine. Tell us. Nar- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who's sixty-five is telling us this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what was funny is like people who actually have seen me, they guess that I'm way older because I'm bald and I have this massive beard. Like, like surely Gandalf. he's like fifty-six. <laughs> Like no, so like whether you've seen me or not, yeah. I, I'm ancient. Anyway, um, there there's a scene in the last book where Narnia it falls to pieces, like it is destroyed, and and the kids they get placed in this new magical land, and as they're exploring it, they're starting to recognize uh, geographical features, and they realize that they've been there before. And they realized the Narnia that they thought that they were experiencing was just a glimpse of what Narnia actually was. And and it feels like what we're talking about here is like, okay, like they were in London or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we think of Narnia as the magical land. Mm-hmm. But it's just a glimpse of like what is to come. And I think people like the friend that we're tar- talking about, it feels like they went in and out of the wardrobe mm. a few times and they've seen things and we think that's the gift, but it's not, it's where she's at right now. It's good. It's really good. So KJ, you said, you know, you hope to experience that more and you're inspired by it. Like, so why isn't that possible or what can that happen? Do you think it can happen? What would need to change for it to happen? What do you think? All right. So, um, of, of course it can happen, Phil. Um, if it couldn't happen, really? I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to bring in the 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 current theme of epiphany at this point, and um, the the second theme of epiphany is the d- day that Jesus gets baptized and is proclaimed the Son of God by God Himself, and um, and picturing all of the people there who who got to see the baptism of Jesus and the dove descending and God speaking this is my son and um it's it's typically this passage that people just pass over it isn't you know this the earth shattering type of experience it's just something that Jesus did but it's epiphany. Um, there's an epiphany that happened for everyone who saw it, and for for anyone who engages this passage, uh, it's Jesus is God, um, and and for people who grew up in the church, um, it's kind of like, well, of course Jesus is God. Well, of course Jesus is God. That's our. I, I grew up in this. This is Sunday school, um, t- to the point that it often doesn't mean a lot it's just the foundation of things um i think this experience that i touched is the fact that jesus is god (laughs) um it's it's i got to experience the she actually believes that jesus is god um, and that causes me also to actually believe that Jesus is God. It's very easy like, to say, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus is God. But if you actually 
believed that Jesus is God, it would change everything. I mean, just the, just the, the simple idea that God exists. And tons of people say, well, of course I believe in God. Of course you believe in God. But, but, but our actions don't imply that at all. Uh, uh, the anxieties uh, don't imply that at all. Our, our v- very existence do not apply imply that you actually believe there is a God. And this point in epiphany that God himself says, this is my son and Jesus is God and God actually is. And if I actually sat in it and I believed a hundred percent that God exists and Jesus is 100% God that would change how I do everything. And I do believe that. I try to believe that, but I always forget I believe that. I mean, like, I can do a Bible study as soon as I get up, but then as soon as I take a shower, I'm going to forget everything I just put my faith in. And I'm thinking about how I'm getting older, and I'm afraid about my 403. B and am I saving enough? Um, but this idea that Jesus is God and how that actually is the foundational elements of the atomic particles that cause our bodies to form somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. It's the Sunday school answer. It's it's the, the like the the funny like so so Jesus he's the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is always the answer. He actually is. If someone says tell me tell me what 2 plus 2 is, the answer actually is Jesus. Or tell me what color the sky is, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Somehow and I think I got a glimpse of that that's actually true. Two plus two is Jesus, and the sky <laughs> is Jesus, and a pepperoni pizza tastes incredible because of Jesus. And I don't know how, but I saw that. Yeah. Anyone have something for that? Because I, I feel exposed right now. <laughs> <laughs> all, honestly, all I was thinking about is how, I don't know if she's aware of the conversation happening right now, but how delighted would our friend be right now that her life was inspiring this conversation? You know? Man, she would love this conversation. Mm. And she would love that the way she lived her life and the way that she died inspired this conversation. So that's all I was thinking. I think your exposure is beautiful in this. And I think that it only leaves people longing to be able to experience. Epiphany? Epiphany. (laughs) So when I think of the baptism of Jesus, I think of John the Baptist. And he, I forget how much time he spent actually like proclaiming to people like he's coming he's coming he's coming he's coming and then jesus shows up and he says he's here like this is the one who is to come and he baptizes jesus and like 
But then a, a time after John the Baptist is in prison and he sends a messenger to Jesus and he says, ask Jesus if he was the one who was to come or should we look somewhere else? And you would think, and that's so encouraging to me. Cause like when you think of John the Baptist, it's like, he like, he knew and that joy carried him through to the end, but he's like in prison and he's like, wait a second. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Yeah. Did I get this wrong? And that's so encouraging to me because there's so many times where I'm just like, wait, given current events that I'm facing right now, <laughs> shouldn't things be different? And the way that Jesus responded to him was like really interesting. Like you should look it up and look into it. But just the fact that John the Baptist almost with like it, I could be reading into this, but it feels like with a tinge of anger and bitterness, he's saying, are you the one to come or should I find somebody else? I saw, I, I, I hear that. And I think that's brilliant and beautiful. I think like the heart behind it is he fully knows he is at his end mm -hmm. and he, he has this desire to die in hmm. peace. <laughs> um, like, so he needs Tell reassurance. Me. Show me the proof <laughs> me. that everything that I have done is not going in vain. I love that too. And then you think of how Jesus t told the disciples of John, like he said, here's the things that are happening. Yep. Go back and tell him. Yep. And because the things that are happening are the, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yep. Tell him mm -hmm. that, that people are being healed. Yep. And I mean, like, it's beautiful. And so John hears that and is like, yes. Mm -hmm. I like both stories. I do too. <laughs> because they're the I same story. Do. Yeah, they are. They really, really are. I think there's elements of both in there. I know I'm seeing everything through this filter of curiosity, but just seeing how much curiosity played a role even just how you were processing and just talking about like this idea of well if jesus is god what does that mean and then just spinning off into all kinds of possibilities and um i don't know i i just i think there's still something there for this idea of of pursuing god chasing after god by being curious about him like rather than hearing a phrase jesus is god and then oh i got it Tuck that away. Next thing. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean for my life? What does that mean for my parenting? What does that mean for this moment? What does that mean for tomorrow? Um, just, I don't know. I, yeah, there's, there's. I almost am like, I'm, I'm in this spot of like, if someone says, I believe that Jesus is God, I, I want to say, no, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. And because it's impossible for us to 100%, or I don't know, or that's just who I am. I almost like believe that someone believed that Jesus was on that, that they would almost explode. Like it just, <laughs> and it's like this, like faith in Jesus is this, this pursuit of all in half the time, but the desire, the other, I, I, I don't well, know. It's so maybe, maybe that is, oh the point of only yeah. getting these glimpses because if we <laughs> you don't want to explode kj i, I hear I, that's not good <laughs> um but yeah but if 
it it leaves you longing for that desire desiring to truly tell yourself to believe you know to seek after that to be more curious in that that question of why why don't i believe all the time yeah and are people capable mm-hmm. and i think there's so much joy in the fact that people are built to forget perpetually mm-hmm. i don't know i i think that's cool one thing i've uh, been processing the last few weeks so just kind of thinking through um the question, the question behind this statement is, okay, the season of epiphany that we're in, like, how is epiphany impacting me or what's, what's going on there? And the, the interesting thing that I love about this conversation is it's not a, um, I don't know, we're not using kind of tradition as a way of learning about epiphany. We're using life and saying we're in the season of epiphany. And so what, what is epiphany teaching us as we're learning and walking through life? And so for me, in this conversation, this idea of change is something I'm, I'm fascinated with because um, none of this conversation makes any sense if we don't think we could actually change. Mm-hmm. So this idea of, of I hope for, I long for, I'm inspired by, I want to go, they all make sense to me if things actually are different at some point. So that there's, there's, we're changing right now. The epiphany has changed us in some way. This experience, you know, has changed you like literally and physically, if not spiritually changed you in some way. You're different today than you were as a result of that experience. Um, and I know for me before this season, I probably had fallen into a, a belief that things don't change. Things are static. I've, I've lost hope in change other than just kind of, you know, mental assent to that. But kind of a renewed sense that I'm capable of change and we're capable of change and everything that I want to change is capable of changing. Um, to me, that's where there's, there's an incredible renewed hope in the gospel and in a weird way, seeing somebody on their deathbed might promote change more, more than most because it's been stripped of, of all the falsities of life too. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit of, of how I'm processing what you're saying, KJ. Just not so, not even just the idealism. It's like KJ's been changed mm-hmm. in this experience forever, yeah. at some result. Um, That's yeah. super good. That's super good. I, I again going back to the idea of the church calendar that it always comes back and epiphany always comes back and this idea of change is always at hand. I, I think about like. I, I think about it doesn't people can be 85 and experience epiphany and proclaim I'm going to change uh, changes at hand or mm-hmm. someone can be five and proclaim I'm going to change and <laughs> changes at hand like and they're going to experience epiphany forever um, and it's going to possibly end a by having a profound epiphany yeah. <laughs> before passing on. Mm. Um, that makes me really excited. And even if it's not just a lifetime of like cumulative epiphanies of like, now I understand even more and even more and even more just like having grace on ourselves and being human. It's like, there are going to be multiple times in our life where we need to have an epiphany for the first time again. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I'm still stuck on John the Baptist. Of <laughs> like, there are going to be times over and over and over where we're asking, it's like, okay, like whether it was out of bitterness or out of like a need of reassurance, it's like, Jesus, I need another epiphany. Like, are you the one who is to come or do I need to find somebody else? Mm -hmm. And how gracious he is to respond to us in a loving way of like, yes, I am. Look around you. So good. See everything that I've been doing. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if we have enough grace on ourselves in the sense of, like, I don't know. I mean, like, the whole point of, like, the season of Epiphany is to, like, see these things again. Mm-hmm. But we go through our lives beating ourselves up because we have doubts. Mm-hmm. And, like, we start to question things. But it's part of this like upward spiral, I think. I heard a blogger friend that I follow today and she said something that was so, I hadn't thought of this language on it before, but she said, when you look around, when you're just out right now, all you see are heavy shoulders. Like everyone is just walking with these heavy shoulders. And when we first started talking about epiphany, KJ, it was so funny because I kept thinking it was just something that you experienced. But now today with Phil, you talking about having this curiosity to experience epiphany. So you almost like you, you put yourself on the path to experience it Mm -hmm. rather than sitting around and waiting. When's my epiphany going to (laughs) happen? You know, and I would love like anybody that listens to this, I would love to hear like what their curiosities are. You know, what are the other curiosities out there? Cause we're just four people. That's a, that's a great segue, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, um, if you heard last podcast, you know, we threw out this idea, we kind of stumbled into this idea. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And I love that question. I think we just throw that question out. What are you curious about? Or again, maybe just other things about these podcasts. But um, because again, the, the secret cabin is, is this turn of the century experience. Um, we're wanting to do handwritten letters only. Yes. And so uh, handwritten letters, we will respond uh, in handwritten letters as well, um, as well as probably uh, talk about things on the podcast mm-hmm. as well. But uh, I'm going to throw the address out mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, it's 1301 15th Street, and that's Greeley, Colorado, 80631. Just address it to Tales from the Secret Cabin. And yeah, again, um, that would be a lot of fun if we mm-hmm. could, could hear some things and would love to, to dialogue about that together. And on that note, I want to say thank you to one of our listeners. The last time I was on here, I talked about Santa Claus and they sent me a book on Santa Claus that I am really excited to read to my kids every Christmas. Like it is phenomenal. So, uh, I, I think they gave it through KJ. I don't know if they wanted to remain anonymous. Okay. They did. Okay. So whoever you are, I, I just want to say thank you. That was a wonderful gift. Very fun. All right. Well, I think that's it for this time. Again, this is tales from the secret cabin and, uh, yeah, everybody take care.